0: Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And this is our mini episode... We're we, gonna try to make it mini. Yeah, listen, we're gonna speed through it. We're not trying to be here for a full hour like we have been lately, right? <laughs> because I'm gonna get reprimanded by my boyfriend for making our episodes too long. Yeah, Anthony, what the fuck? Jesus, I feel like I'm under so much pressure now. This is
1: like a common theme that I just tell Anthony, "What the fuck?" I'm, I know like, every mini episode. I'm like Anthony.
0: And so often he's, like, on the other side of that door, so it's, like, we could tell him to his face, but, like, let's let it be a surprise. But then he's, like, get back in
1: the closet. And we're, like, (laughs) okay, I'm sorry.
0: Okay, so let's
1: jump right in, shall we? What do you want? (laughs) Oh, God, I'm still sick, guys, so I'm sorry if I, like, spontaneously do that horrible cough.
0: (laughs) Um, Should we start with big news or less big news? Well, start with big and get...
1: I think, like, a common thing we should do is, like, start with big... make our way to Lighthearted.
0: Okay, sure. Um, Okay, so, the biggest news that I think has happened in the last week, for whatever reason, I feel like big news always breaks on, like, Wednesdays and Thursdays, (laughs) which means that we wait a whole week before we talk about it. But I think it was last Wednesday when Rudy Giuliani went on the Sean Hannity show and basically just fucked shit up.
1: Did you hear? Did you do about that? I don't know anything about this.
0: Okay, so Rudy Giuliani ha- is now part of Trump. Who is this? Rudy Giuliani? He was the mayor of New York when nine eleven happened. Oh shit, yeah. Yeah, he's like a crazy fat yes, 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 bas- yes, yes, shit yes. old man now. Yes. Um and he, you know, was saying just crazy things during the campaign about Hillary, like just being insane. Yes. And I think the only reason and then he was pointed to some position in Trump's um administration. Yes. And now because he was a prosecutor, he is now on Trump's legal team um as of like two weeks ago. Great. Well, anyway, he went on the Sean Hannity show, and just like okay, we're gonna preface this, and I'm gonna try and unpack this in a way that makes sense because my brain does not process these things well. So I had to like read a bunch of stories and listen to a bunch of stuff to try and understand what happened here. Yeah, that's
1: why for me, it's like I start reading these things, and then it's like my brain can't.
0: Yeah, your like, head gets, your eyes get heavy. Yeah, yeah. Listen, can't do it. listen, listeners, I am doing this for you, like because I don't try to process this stuff like this. But I feel like I need to bring it to your attention.
1: I appreciate you doing it, so I don't have
0: to. <laughs> so Trump is on record denying knowing anything about the like one hundred and thirty thousand dollars payment to Stormy Daniels, right? Yeah, he's basically like, I don't know anything. Talk to Michael Cohen. You know, I don't know anything about Stormy Daniels being paid yeah. off, et cetera, I'm et cetera. I'm reading about
1: this right now too, so like, <laughs> I see where you're going with this. And
0: Michael Cohen said the same thing. Basically, he yeah. was like, it has nothing to do with the campaign it was a personal favor that I did for Mr. Trump because I love him so much and he's my bro and he just didn't want Melania to find out. So that's why I paid him out of my personal money. I remortgaged my home or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Rudy Giuliani gets on Sean Hannity just like bold as day and is like, so yeah, Trump knew about, like he was like, he didn't do anything illegal. He didn't do anything illegal. We funneled it through a bank or whatever. And then the president paid it back. And it's like, okay, well, you just contradicted everything, everything. that the president just said about, like, not knowing anything about yeah. Stormy uh, about Stormy Daniels and that money being paid off. And then you could tell, like, it was so funny to, like, watch it because Sean Hannity is just like, oh, oh, oh. Because, like, you know, he totally didn't expect it to go this way. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, no. And, like, he realizes What's that they're, my next step? they're kind of, like, caught in a lie. So I think... They were trying to give Rudy Giuliani, like, a chance to redeem himself the next day, and they put him on Fox and Friends. And instead of redeeming himself, he kind of just dug his hole a little bit deeper, So the reasons why we should care about this, because it's very confusing, is basically the campaign finance law violation is that this payout can be seen as a contribution to the campaign because the hush money that was given to Stormy Daniels can be seen as something to benefit Trump's campaign slash the outcome of the election. So... So far, they've been kind of explaining it away as, like, this was Michael Cohen's money, Trump had nothing to do with it, didn't know anything about it, and Giuliani is saying that Trump paid Cohen back, which can be seen as a donation to yeah. the campaign. So then Giuliani goes on Fox and Friends, like, presumably to fix the situation, and instead he digs the hole even deeper by being like, "How he said this exactly. However, imagine if that had come out on October 15th, 2016, in the middle of the last debate with Hillary Clinton. Cohen didn't even ask. Cohen made it go away. He did his job. So he admitted that it was tied to the connection. Like, he yeah. made that tie when that's the last thing you wanted to do. This is Trump's lawyer. Yeah. And so far they had, like, you know, plausible deniability about it being connected to the campaign. And then in comes Giuliani, who's just like, this this situation where Stormy Daniels came in and was like, I'm going to tell everybody about our affair, came up during the campaign. And they were like, we need to make this go away as soon as possible because it's going to be bad for yeah. his optics during the campaign, yeah. essentially. So now there are four possible felonies that Trump could be facing because of Rudy Giuliani's um, admission. And this is from a Democratic lawmaker na- named Ted Lieu posted this, and he said, here are the felonies that Trump could be possibly receive. One, the $130,000 payment to Stormy was in-kind, coordinated contribution above limits. Two, Cohen was a straw donor used to cover up the true source of the contribution. Three, false statements on financial disclosures. And four, false statements on banking forms. And so Trump basically came out and was like, Rudy's confused. He's like a good guy. (laughs) But he's like super confused. And it's just interesting to me that like none of these people can keep their lies straight. Like that's where we're at. It's just like... Nobody can keep their lies straight. All of them are, like, they basically seem to me to be, like, bad mafia guys. Yeah. Do you know what I
1: mean? They have no idea what they're doing.
0: Yeah. Like, they're bad at organized crime. <laughs> like, it's not awkward. working. So, in at the end of the day, does this really mean anything? probably not. I mean, like, there's been so much shit happening with this administration and they've been under so many, like... Yeah, that have kind of gone away after a while. Right, like, issues with the law. But it's just yet another thing to highlight how bonkers this administration is and how much he's lying to you like, on Mm -hmm. the regular. Like, lying to you so much that his own people can't keep up with his lies. Like, that's where we're at on this. So I hope that made sense to you guys. I'm gonna drink some wine now.
1: Also, you have another eyelash on your cheek. This happened last episode. They've been
0: falling out, I swear. Make a wish.
1: Okay. Sorry, guys. I had to do it.
0: Okay, so I have another kind of... Semi-serious one How many, like,
1: semi-serious ones do you have? It's just these
0: two because they're biggies Um, okay So the New York Attorney General, Eric uh, Schneiderman Resigns amid abuse allegations So Eric Schneiderman is the New York's Attorney General And he has been a liberal democratic champion to, of women's rights He was an outspoken figure of the Me Too movement You know, with everything that went on with Harvey Weinstein and How wanting...
1: sad is that?
0: Yeah, oh, it's really upsetting It's really, really upsetting That's how I felt
1: when Al Franken, like, his allegations came out. I was like,
0: Yeah, he is a Democrat. And it says here, this is from the New York Times article... As New York State's highest-ranking law enforcement officer, Schneiderman, who is 63, has used his authority to take legal action against the disgraced film mogul Harvey Weinstein and to demand greater compensation for victims of Weinstein's alleged sexual crimes. Last month, Schneiderman issued a congratulatory tweet to um, The Times praising the brave women and men who spoke up about the sexual harassment they had endured at the hands of powerful men. Without these women, he noted, there would not be the critical national reckoning um, Underway. Well, now he has four women who have come forward and said that he was physically violent with them. Damn. So, not sexual violence, but two but women. violent. Yeah, and two women actually came out and like revealed their names to the Times. Yeah. They were like, We're gonna come out and like let you know that this is what happened to us. And both of them say that he, like, he slapped them, like, hard across the face, Ugh. like, left marks, like, threatened them, like, if they were to go and say anything. And then two more women also came out and said, yeah, he did this stuff to us, too. And he came out and was just like, this has nothing to do with anything. These were consensual, basically role-playing Wait. sexual <laughs> encounters. No. Yeah, where, like, he... He hits them, but it's like kinky, sexy, fun. You know what I mean? And they're like, no, 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 no. Because um, yeah. both of them, neither one of these women who have come forward to the Times, neither one of them pressed charges at the time, but both of them sought medical help for oh. their injuries. So their injuries were pretty substantial. Yeah. So And then there's
1: proof as well. They can go back yeah, to their medical history.
0: Yeah. And so the Times released this, like, basically kind of, like, expose on this guy who has built a career on the back of being a champion for women's rights mm-hmm. and um, being kind of a champion for... The Me Too movement and challenging Harvey Weinstein. What an evil person. Yeah, it's just so duplicitous. Like he's just so two faced. And then three hours after the publication of this story, Schneiderman resigned. <laughs> Of course. So, and he says, While these allegations are unrelated to my professional conduct or the operations of the office, they will effectively prevent me from leading the office's work at this critical time. I therefore resign my office, effective at the close of business, on May 8th, 2018. Damn. So, he's out. Yeah. But I mean that just goes to show you how deeply ingrained it is and how these people Can you imagine if you were one of his victims and yeah. watching him kind of like use the Me Too movement to, to like, like propel his, his star career. Yeah. Yeah, is so
1: gross. That's disgusting. And I can
0: only imagine that that's probably why they came forward and yeah. did what they did because it's just like that's like it's the same thing with um when we were talking about uh, James Franco, yeah. it's just like seeing him with his Time's Up pin. They were like, excuse me, did you forget yeah. about all this shit that he did? Yeah. Can we address that real quick? <laughs> like,
1: I mean, people in Hollywood like to forget about people who have done something substantial for the industry. What's his name? He was... Who's the guy who got fired from Transparent, but he's also in Arrested Development? I Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah, he's he's still going to be in the new season of Arrested Development, which I feel like is kind of shady.
0: Yeah, I haven't looked into his allegations. I need to do I that. I remember when they came
1: out, but I don't remember the details.
0: details. There's just too many. Like, that's the thing. There's too many people, too right. many allegations to exactly. keep up with. But here's a good thing that we can mention that was in the news. I didn't do a lot of reading about it, but... Um, both Bill Cosby and Roman Polanski have been mm-hmm. taken out of the Academy of Motion Pictures. High five, so, Keegan. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. We
1: did it. I know. <laughs> I texted Keegan when I saw that, and she was like, "Um, about damn time. And I was like, I agree.
0: Yeah. It's just a weird thing for them to take Roman Polanski off of it now, because I'm like... This wasn't a mystery to you guys for all of this time that he... But now they're being called out. Yeah. So, I mean, but that's
1: also better kind of... late than never, but it's still kind of like, yeah. okay, now you finally are deciding to do something right.
0: Yeah, I agree it's better late than never, but it kind of sucks when you knew all this time that he raped a 13-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> drugged and raped a 13-year-old all this time, and you were kind of okay to overlook it until yeah. society was like, uh-uh. We're yeah. not going to do that anymore. But that's how they are with everything. everything. I know. I mean,
1: like, Casey Affleck just won the Oscar last year. You know, yeah, and it wasn't un- It
0: wasn't until this year that they were like, hey, you can't go to the Oscars. Yeah. Don't go.
1: Like, yeah. we're not
0: going to let you present that award. Exactly.
1: So it's, it's one of those things that, like, people have just overlooked forever, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many celebrities out there where people, like, Johnny Depp, for me, I will not support any movies that he's in anymore. Yeah.
0: He's in the new um, Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts, Beast, And yeah. it
1: just made me so sad. Yeah
0: that was a tough pill to swallow for me too and it's it's difficult because like we've we've said in the past it's hard to know where you want to draw your line
1: yeah
0: for me like obviously my line i, I don't even though i love them i love i love roman polanski's movies i think he's an yeah. incredible director i feel the same way about some woody allen movies i really enjoy them but i won't watch them because you know what there's a million other movies out there that i can watch and enjoy that don't have these men in them yeah <laughs> who I did really agree. shitty things and aren't like up until right now haven't been called you know to the carpet on it yeah so it's it's just really fucking hard cuz it's know. just like if you cut out everyone who's problematic you'll never watch anything ever again it's true
1: it's true you know? like i did go see isle of dogs and I, d- I did know that there was like shady shit with Wes Anderson. I didn't, I've never, I don't really even know what's up it. with that. Yeah, I don't either. And, um, I don't know, it's hard. I really wanted to see the movie and I'm glad I did because it was really good. But yeah, I it, know he's probably It's hard.
0: It's just like you, you can't, you can't eliminate everything. You can't survive in this world if you do that. Yeah. But there's you just have to make lines people... for yourself. And, yeah. You know?
1: I feel like there's certain people that. If,
0: feel like it almost hits home for me
1: because they maybe remind me of someone that I know or Mm -hmm. things like that where it's like, certain people are especially hard for me. I don't know why. Yeah,
0: well, I think that's everyone. Like, for for me, I think it's, if I feel like you're not receiving any comeuppance or or anything that's what gets me more than anything like that's yeah. why I can't do Chris Brown because I'm just like you know what society yeah, fuck, Chris Brown. fuck you guys for allowing this guy to just come back and accept right? him like that's messed up yes. and that's why I felt the same way about Roman Polanski I'm like uh uh-uh. uh like this yeah. is bullshit that we're not gonna like address this like Chris Brown will forever he's on the shit list forever forever Ever never gonna forgive him. Never, ever. I think
1: I've mentioned on this podcast how he was on like an episode of Blackish and I was like, done.
0: Bye. Yeah, no, it's not okay. I don't know why we collectively as a society are just gonna be like, It's fine and move on. When people haven't if you've I'm not like against forgiveness, if you've like atoned for your sins, really genuinely come forward and and apologized and changed as a person and like made strides to try and make it better because i like, get it like you know sometimes people change and like yeah. i don't know but chris brown has never ever done that no. he's not shown any remorse he's continued to be a fucking piece of shit yeah he had like a documentary and like the cover was of, like off. him and his baby girl I'm like oh, shut up fuck off i don't care and i had this <clears throat> I had this conversation with someone where i was like Talking about him, and, and she was like, Yeah, but like, he is really cute with his daughter. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, g- I hope he's not a piece of shit father. Like, I, I hope so for her sake. Right. But if you think that's just gonna make me, because he's nice to his offspring, if you think that's gonna make me, like, yeah. think that he's a decent his human offspring.
1: being. I love you. No, no. Okay, so let's segue into another piece of shit human being. Good, good. Um, DJ Khaled. (laughs) DJ Khaled! We the
0: best! Oh, no, no. Um,
1: man, just perpetuating that we just don't get any love. In a recent interview that was apparently from 2015, um, he said it was a woman's job to praise the man, the king. When asked, the DJ said that he would never perform oral sex on his wife. His poor wife. Right? Uh, but that it wouldn't be okay if she decided she didn't want to do the same. So basically, he's like, I'm never going to go down on her. But if she ever said, I'm not going to go down
0: on you, he'd be like, nah, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Such bullshit. And, and you know what I hear when a man says that? I hear that you've never made your wife come. Like yeah, that's what you're telling me. <laughs>
1: exactly. It's like, well, then your wife is not satisfied in bed. That yeah. poor, poor person. I mean,
0: look, I'm. I actually, I'm sure that there are women out there who don't enjoy it. One of my friends, literally, for years, did not enjoy
1: it at all. Like, was just so uncomfortable. And I think it was like partially like psychological. Of course. But she just, like, really couldn't get get into it until she had fun with ladies. And then she was like, okay.
0: <laughs> I, I, look, man, and if that's your, relate, like, it's not, whatever you two do in, like, your private sex life, that's fine. Like, if that's, she's not into it, you're not into giving it, whatever. It's, but the way it's he's cool, saying it is so... Misogynistic and horrible. shitty. Horrible. Yeah. Oh, but
1: if she were to decide not to do right. it to me, that's unacceptable. It's like, the double no.
0: standard that makes it... So shitty, and yeah. the way he says it, where he's just like, "Well, I'm the king. I'm the king in my house," and it's like, "Well, she's the queen, and she's the one having the fucking kids." Yeah, like so maybe make don't her be a feel dick. Good? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, my favorite man, Dwayne,
0: Dwayne the Rock, Rock Johnson,
1: Johnson. We like <laughs> jinxed each other like a couple times in this episode. We should make a drinking game out of we it. We should. But Dwayne tweeted, "I just called him Dwayne." Dwayne, our friend, <laughs> our good friend, Dwayne. Um, Dwayne. He says, as a man, I take great pride in mastering all performances. This is probably a little TMI. I will now quietly excuse myself from this fun thread.
0: I know. I a love fucking man. And I like also that it's like, ahem, clears throat as a man. <laughs> I, like, I really picture it as him just like raising his hand and being like, oh, excuse me, um, I'm just going to chime in here real quick and then I'll see myself out. Thanks. Just like, really quick, I just
1: want to say that I try to be the best at everything I do in every performance. That's all I wanted to you say. You take bye. that
0: to mean what you want.
1: I'm just saying. Um, <laughs>
0: bye. I
1: love him. I love him so much. My friend worked background on like one of his movies or shows or something and just said he was like the coolest No, dude I've ever. heard
0: that he's so nice.
1: And like chatted with him and he was just like...
0: Yeah, he's so guy. nice. Like, I've heard that he's, like, super, super cool. I, I would love wanna, to meet him, actually. I want to be his friend. Yeah, same. same oh, Um But, yeah, him. DJ Khaled, I'm like, homie, why? Like, you're already annoying me because you can't stop shouting your own goddamn name in every <laughs> fucking song. So I'm already, I'm already annoyed with you. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just trying to listen to Rihanna. So what about Jason Derulo? Well, but you see, but he gets it over with very quickly. That's true. I was listening to whatever that Rihanna song was, uh, Wild Thoughts, Mm -hmm. and he has a part where he's like, DJ Khaled, 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 Khaled. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Okay, we get it. You fucking produced this song we get it. Like,
1: Give me Rihanna now. Yeah, I'm
0: like, I'm here for Rihanna. Like, I'm not here for you.
1: (laughs) We are not here for you. We are especially not here for you now. Yeah. Please, (laughs)
0: yo ladies. I love it that that the internet just rallied around his wife, like, they were like, oh, poor. <laughs> like, because you also watch him, like, he's always tweeting videos and stuff, of, or Snapchatting, like, yeah. him, like, just in her face when she's trying to work out, and she's, like, lost it on him a couple of times, and I'm yeah. like, God, your patience, I don't know what he's doing that's ma- making it worthwhile for Money? you. Money? I mean, I guess. I guess. I mean, get yours, girl. Whatever you gotta do. But- Get it then and bounce.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. She's like, and divorce. Um, yeah. So there's there's a piece of shit. What is your what's your next thing like? Uh, I think we have the same next thing. I have another thing. Oh, then you go. Um, something. It's just something I'm excited about, and like, hope happens. I'm a pretty big fan of the shows that Ryan Murphy has come out with, especially mm-hmm. recently. With I, I like American Horror Stories. I really enjoyed Scream Queens. The first season, not so much the second. Um, American Crime Story. He came out with Feud. All of these things. I guess he's working. He's with Netflix now, mm-hmm. and he's working on a show called Pose. Pose.
0: My friend is um, working, is doing the editing for that. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Um,
1: and I guess he was. He's reconsidering this now, but he was thinking about having American Crime Story be based around Monica Lewinsky, which I really hope that be still cool. Does. Who would play um, her? Do you think? I don't know. It's I don't have to think about it. I, I'm not good at like thinking of things off. That girl head. from Drop
0: Dead Diva. Like, a few years ago. Oh! She kind of looks like her. Yeah,
1: I can see that. Um, and he's he's spoken out about wanting to create more LGBTQ uh, content for Netflix. He's also thinking about maybe possibly creating a series about the hashtag MeToo movement. Yeah,
0: I saw that too. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited about Pose. Have you, yeah. Do you know anything about no, it? No, I don't. So, there's a documentary which everyone should watch, and you should also watch because it's, like, one of... It's... it's if you look at lists of, like, the best documentaries of the last 20 years. It's almost always on there. It's called Paris is Burning. Mm -hmm. And it's all about, um, it's all about the voguing scene, mm. the ball scene in New York City in, yeah. like, the 80s um, where you would take, like, a, it was, like, a lot of, like, trans people or, like, you know, gay boys who were able to kind of, like, find... they would join houses, essentially, where they'd yeah. be, like, a mother of the house and they would go to these, like, balls together and it, they were they would form their own families. I like that. And um, it's really, really cool to see, because you get to watch them, like, walk the runway and do all, like, the voguing. And that's so cool! It's super, super cool. So that's what the show's it. about.
1: Well, the show that he would be thinking about doing about the Me Too movement would be called Consent, which would be potentially a new kind of American crime story type thing, but it would follow a Black Mirror model. Interesting. So it would be like a different perspective every episode. Every episode would explore a different story. The first one would be an account of the Weinstein Company. There would be an episode about Kevin Spacey, one about an ambiguous he-said-she-said encounter. Each episode... As he sorry. Yeah, right? (laughs) And each episode could have a different creator. And that was something that when I read that, I was like, that's such a good idea of like kind of showing these different experiences and like really honing in on each of them like per episode. Because I feel like when you see something, like it really becomes real mm-hmm. and people tend to understand it even better. So I think if if that happens, I think that would be so That'd be great. Super I hope cool. he like sticks with it. Even if it's like years down the line, I think it would still be important.
0: And well, and his I shows always do really well. Like, for me, with Ryan Murphy shows, to me, they always, like, start off really strong and then shit then ch- kind of gets weird. Like, I was never big on Scream Queens because it was too campy for me, but, like, I loved... The first season was so good. I tried. I tried. I watched, like, half of the first season and I was just like, this is too campy for me. It's yes. too, too, like, cheese ball off the wall. Yeah. But, um... But I love American Horror Story, but it always starts the same way, where it's like it's so good, and then like mid season, I'm like, what's happening? Like, yeah, it's falling apart. But Glee was great. I was a fan of Glee I for liked, a really. Long I liked time. Glee for a long time. But I, I think Ryan Murphy still he has enough like clout in Hollywood and like enough um, power that he could make this happen. Yeah, he could make I it agree. happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think if he wanted I agree. to.
1: I think that that's. I hope that that's something that he thinks about going through
0: with. And given my complaints about Ryan Murphy, I think having this format of having kind of individual stories each episode and a different director each time could make it better. Like, yeah. Because where his shows go off the rails for me is the storyline starts to get so convoluted that they go in a bunch of different places. Yeah. Whereas if it's individual stories every episode, I bet it'll be really, really good. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So that's awesome.
1: So let's talk about the thing that has blown our minds this yeah, week.
0: Yeah, I, I don't have notes because I was just gonna speak
1: from the heart. Let's speak from the heart. I have an article from BuzzFeed that I'm gonna read off of.
0: We are going to talk about Donald Glover, Childish my Gambino, man. who is, I was just thinking today, I was fantasizing today about what if Donald, what if Childish Gambino and Janelle Monae went on tour together? Would my <gasps> brain explode? Might explode. And my vagina. Yeah, at, at once. Just all of it. It's a mess. It's a bloody mess. But so he put out a new album. He's going to be touring. I really want to see him when it comes to LA. Yes. Um, but he put out a new album. I saw him on... SNL, which was, um, he was so good. good. SNL can be hit or miss. He was super good. He was a good host, and he he, um, performed two of his new singles, one of them being This is America, and that video is destroying the internet. Yes,
1: because it's so good. And I'm going to get into it a little bit, like the little specific things that we may have missed when we watched it. Um, It was the first thing that my boss said when she walked through the door today. She's like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Like, I was just sitting in my car watching this. And I watched it in the car on my way over here because I knew Keegan would want to talk about it, and like I was
0: floored. It's Anthony put it on my because Anthony had this. Anthony and I have had this kind of like debate about whether or not we like Donald Glover, and I'm like I like him, and he's like I think he's kind of weird, and I'm like I like that he's weird. It's like one of those things. Um and then Anthony shared that video to my wall, my Facebook wall today and was just like, "Okay, I love this guy."
1: Yes, he's amazing. And the things I'm if you haven't watched it, pause this, go watch it. Come back. Come back because holy shit, it's so good and you don't know how good it is when you first see it and then you start reading into
0: it more and Well, and for me, it's he's so talented. Like I yes. think that that's what drives it home is like when I was watching it for the first time and I was thinking like we don't fucking need Kanye. Like, everyone's always just like, oh, Kanye's a genius, though, and, like, we're going to lose his genius. And I'm like, you know what? Donald Glover is a genius. Yeah, so I'm going to kind of take you step by step here, and Do we're going to talk
1: about it. So I'm getting this article off of BuzzFeed, where I get way too much of my news sources. Look, fine. Um, So the beginning, his dance, and the pose that he does when he kills the man sitting in the chair with the guitar. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Um he has taken the pose from the original Jim Crow. so I'll, we'll post this photo, but look at these photos side by side. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, so Jim Crow laws were state and local laws that enforced racial segregation in the southern United States enacted by white Democratic dominated state legislatures in the late 19th century after the Reconstruction period.
0: So it was kind of like a
1: really... <laughs> Racist
0: thing, right? So, uh, (laughs) yeah, if you don't know what Jim Crow laws are, Jim Crow laws basically separated whites and blacks in the South. Thank Um, you. That sounded so much more eloquent than my Wikipedia. No, 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 no. no. Like, yeah. So, if you ever see pictures of you know the South in the nineteen, you know, fifties, sixties, forties, where you see a coloreds-only water fountain and a whites-only water fountain or a coloreds-only entrance and a white-only entrance, those are all Jim Crow laws. So it was basically a legal way to um, continue—it was legal discrimination in the South.
1: and one of the kind of posters and propaganda is there's like a pose that he's doing of like a little dance— Which is exactly the pose that he's doing and kind of like the dances that he's doing in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, The details in this were super nuanced. Like the pants that he wore, um, they've been traced back to the basics of Confederate Army uniforms.
0: So, yeah, those like uh, khakis or gray.
1: Yeah, they they look like part of the... Confederate uniform. It's super cool. Um, Then there was that white horse in the background. Mm -hmm. It's uh, death riding the pale white horse while he is followed by hell, represented by the police, going totally unnoticed because of dancing and pop culture in the foreground is the single greatest cinematic message I've seen in a music video to date, is what someone tweeted. Yeah,
0: I think also something that was so amazing that they did in this music video was the juxtaposition between... Violence and like something that seemed actually really jovial and happy. Yeah, it, like went... it he was went, like
1: doing the whip and the nene, yeah, to distract you from like what was happening. Yeah, it room. looks
0: like because that's what makes the beginning so jarring is because you're like, All right, we're here for fun, like this is gonna be fun, yeah. and then like shit goes down, and you're like, Jesus Christ, yeah. like I didn't see that <laughs> <Jesus>. coming. <laughs> and then, so this is the Bible verse.
1: About the pale white horse, it says, and I looked and behold a pale horse and his name that sat on him was death and hell followed with him. So the it's fact revelation, that, yeah, it's just it's uh, yeah, revelation six eight such a cool image and again, it's something that you you're distracted by this these dances and the kids and all this stuff. and then in the background you see something very, very, very nuanced mm-hmm. and very dark. Uh, the video even speaks to America's gun violence. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah, that was in the forefront. Yeah, America moves on from mass shootings to mass shootings as quickly as Childish Gambino did. Because he shoots someone, and then he's, like, dancing away, and he's like, yeah, whatever. And like, he seems happy. we moved on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all good. We don't need to focus and on this. the
0: church one was, like,
1: intense. Well, that's yeah. the next one on the list here. It says, in fact, there was a graphic scene that touched precisely on the Charleston massacre from 2015. Uh, someone tweeted, this scene reenacts Charleston shooting. Black people praising Lord killed for no reason. Look at the background. You see people running toward the area and rioting for change and cops running after them just because it's their job. And then he's, again, like he shoots them and it's quick.
0: It's mm-hmm. like, and then he's like, okay. Right. Well, they're I'm all done. partying together. They're having a great time. Yeah. And then. And
1: then it's done. And then he moves right on. And then, he, yeah, it's it's like it doesn't matter. And then he goes kind of right back into the, um, kind of the warehouse that he was in. This one, it says, blink and you might miss this one. No one caught the fact that at two minutes and 13 seconds, a man jumps to his death. It shows that we don't care about suicide in America, yet all in when it's a dance trend. There we go. This is America. So he's doing like kind of the dance trend in the Mm -hmm. foreground and then there's someone who like jumps to their death in the Mm -hmm. background. So we don't want to focus on that. We want to focus on the trends Mm -hmm. and what's cool and whatever. And then number eight is said you could potentially gloss over all of the various dances and their meanings that are intertwined in the video, too. Forbes said the dancing. Gambino references at least 10 ultra-popular dances, including old ones and new ones. One of these dances was the—I'm going to say this wrong, I apologize—guara-guara, which originated in South Africa. What's remarkable is that the the dancers nailed each performance, and you could interpret that in one or two or three ways. One, they are clueless in dancing— 2 they have a clue and dance to keep from crying 3 they are jamming for the camera or for social media video and their dancing is a distraction a salve or an invisibility cloak and you see people recording them too like mm-hmm. on phones and i think it was really interesting
0: it was an interesting choice too to use children yeah
1: and it says keep in mind the dancers were not shot nor were they chased by the police given glover's droll sense of realistic humor in atlanta It would not surprise me if three interpretations are correct, but often that is life in America. Another thing that's interesting is that none of the cars are new, which is kind of a trope in a lot of rap videos. It's like Mm -hmm. the new whip and the greatest thing, whatever, and they're all kind of like old cars showing like, no, this is like what real America is. Um, All of the makers and models are mid to early 90s, if not 80s cars. This speaks to the whole idea that a fair number of Americans aren't driving new whips. Many people are pushing boxy cars that still have tape decks. Me. I don't have a CD player my Oh, my, in my God, car. really? Yes, I don't well, have a CD actually, player. actually, Anthony has a tape deck in his car, too. Yeah, well, that's how I plug in my phone. I put a tape in that has a cord that can... I know, that that's
0: because I told Anthony, that's what I used to do. And he's he just like, I want to listen to podcasts in my car. And I'm like, you better go get one of those tapes. Yeah, that's what I do. It says, Luxury vehicles are often seen in rap videos
1: and are notice- noticeably absent from this one. Um, I guess he, he mentions a lot of other rappers in this. Um, I'll send you this list because it's something that I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. The end of the video childish demonstrated what being a black man in America is like. Don't catch... Uh, this, this is the tweet. This is not me. <laughs> Don't catch you slipping, y'all. The end of the video, though, even with all the beauty he may bring to the world through his art, he is still just a black man running for his life. Yeah. Hashtag, this is in America. And, I, yeah, the end of the video is intense. Yeah, because, it's like him
0: running. Because
1: he's, like, happy-go-lucky through the whole thing, and then at the end, like, Oh, I love that it's dark and you can just kind of see his eyes. And his and eyes are wide open. Like,
0: oh, God. It's so
1: intense and frightening and scary, but so fucking real. Yeah, no.
0: I, he is truly a genius. Like, this guy is... I mean, I, I would say he's going places, but he's, he's, he's there. He's already been there. Like, but, but he... I think he's going to be somebody who, like, we look back on in... He's going to have a very long career. Yeah. And he's going to be somebody who we think is, like, Oh uh, great. You it's know
1: It's crazy because like he's been around. And oh, like for people sure. are still learning about him and that's what's crazy to me. It's like, no, this dude has like been there. Like Chris he's... kind of introduced me to him and I'm a fucking cess with yeah, him. Yeah, he's
0: been around. I watched his stand-up back in the day. He does. Yeah. He's done stand-up. He's an actor. He's been Childish Gambino forever. Yeah. Like, you know, like the, that music has been coming out for a long, long time. Yeah. So he's been here, and he's been doing the work, and now he's just, like, totally kind of... I think he's totally decided, I'm just going to do what I want and yeah. I'm going to be so good at it that you guys can't ignore me, essentially. Yeah. Because I think he had to fight to get Atlanta made, and I had to fight to kind of, like, make the music that he wanted to make without yeah. everybody else kind of, like, butting their heads in. Yeah. So no, he is, like... Props to you, Donald Glover. Huge
1: trailblazer. I just love the man. I would love to be his friend as well. Yeah,
0: I told like him if you're listening, Donald, give me a call. Um, No, <laughs> I, I told Anthony when he shared that video on my wall, I was just like... Glover is the only Donald I recognize. Yes! <laughs> I love it! I didn't even think about that. The only one. I'm just like, the oh, honey, one. you share oh, a name right. with the worst person in the world. Yeah, but you're so great. But you're amazing.
1: So, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add about the video or anything?
0: No, I don't I don't have anything else for the video. We um, do have
1: a few things that we need to read. We do. We do like to read Annie's message. Yes.
0: Okay, so a couple of weeks ago when we talked about... 420 and the racial disparity between um, people of color and white people when it comes to drug use. Our good friend Annie, who is a friend of the show who we love very much, she wrote us a long message because she works at a cannabis dispensary and um, kind of gave us a little bit of insight. We meant to read it last week, but that week went really long yeah. um, in our episode, so I have it for you this week.
1: Go for it, Keeks.
0: Okay. Okay. I just want to let you know that your commentary on the racial discrimination when it comes to marijuana was spot on. That and the totally old school image of a typical stoner. So annoying. I love cannabis apparel, but everything is so tacky. And no, I don't love Bob Marley. (laughs) Also, fun fact. Not sure if you were aware... But to further prove the racial bias, marijuana was a term coined by Harry Anslinger, the first director of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. Up until 1910, the term cannabis was used, a shortened form of its scientific name, and was only used by extraction in medicines such as tinctures. Right around 1910, America began to see an influx of legal Mexican immigrants seeking refuge from war and traditionally used methods of inhalation with cannabis rather than ingesting. By 1913, California passed the first bill criminalizing loco weed, or rather, smoking the flour. In 1930, Anslinger testified to Congress, marijuana is the most violent causing drug in the history of mankind. <laughs> Fucking goddamn, that's dramatic. God damn. Um, most marijuana smokers are Negroes, Hispanics, Filipinos, and entertainers. Their satanic music, jazz, and swing result from marijuana usage. <laughs> Reefer makes darkies think they're as good as white men. Oh, God. The primary reason to outlaw marijuana is its effect on the degenerate races yikes nope and hence reefer madness and the term marijuana fell into the mainstream marijuana was a term coined out of hatred and fear to create some sort of foreign dangerous narrative it is purely propaganda used to further stigmatize the other so sad that we grew up with this term not realizing how horribly racist and awful its roots are but anyway (laughs) thanks for always letting me vent love y'all as always love is I love that and I'm so happy that she wrote in and and said that and that she has that kind of like expertise but it's it illustrates so perfectly how this this issue kind of like manifested strictly out of racism yeah. and then its roots kind of clung on in our culture Forever to the yeah. point where, like, white people could really, like, smoke all the time and, like, these movies like Dazed and Confused can be made where yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, there's are stoners and it's funny. And in the meantime, people of color are being disproportionately affected by these exactly. marijuana laws. So exactly. thank you so much, Annie, for writing in. You that rule. was so interesting and um, I loved reading your mail. And keep, keep sending us stuff. We love yeah, that. We love it so much. I'm going to read – I have – there's
1: four stories from Madison – you read one of them last time. I'm going to read another one this week, and then we're also going to read another Sister Solidarity story. So i right. have got two of them for you this week. First one is from Madison, and it says, the third story, which for me, we're reading the second one, I have is from when I was in Scotland with my friend and her boyfriend. They took me to a gay club since I'm bi, which was really cool in itself, but they didn't want to dance on the... Dance floor, and I did. Well, this guy asked me to dance, and I said yes, and we danced for a while, which was really fun, until he started to take me to this back corner where no one was. I definitely did not want this, but he had a hold of my hand and was dragging me toward a dark corner. So I looked over at my friend with worry and she saw me. So she sent her boyfriend over to save me. He grabbed my other hand and told me that him and my friend wanted to leave. So now he was able to help get me away from that other guy. That was some true sister solidarity from my friend and her boyfriend. And that one, like, rings so true to me because it's, like, you need those friends at a club where if you can send them a glance to be, like, you need to yeah. do something has, about this now. Has there
0: ever been a girl who hasn't been in that situation? I, right. I don't think so. I think every every girl who's ever gone out, not even just to a club, but, like, to a bar, yeah. any girl who's ever gone out has experienced that. And it is terrifying.
1: Yeah, it's so terrifying. So I, I like that she shared that story. I feel like it's one that all of us can, like, really connect with. Agreed, Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. Bumped the microphone. Um, Another one. I got two sister solidarity stories from Alicia, who is a friend of ours on Instagram. And I'm going to read again. I'm just going to read the first one. We'll read the second one next time. Uh, She says, after a particularly upsetting breakup, four of my homegirls all showed up to my house, each bearing a bag of sour gummy worms, as those are my favorite. None of them communicated with each other at all. That's what girl love is to me. Being there for each other whenever and whenever. Needless to say, I've never felt more loved.
0: That is so simple, but, like, the most beautiful thing. When none of them coordinated to be... Because it's special, too, whenever, like, your girlfriends get together and they're just like, Hey, Keegan's having a really hard time. Let's organize this thing and, yeah. and go see her. But it's also even more special when each one individually made the decision to yeah. come see you.
1: Yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely felt that, too, between, like... With, like, you and Ariel, when I was going through a hard time, like, you guys didn't really know each other that well, but, like, mm-hmm. we would come together kind of, like, it felt like for the sake of me, which always <laughs> made me feel really good. Um, so I'd totally been there, and it it really is so great when you have, like, different groups come together to
0: support you in some way. It makes all the Especially when it's like a crappy breakup, yeah. and they
1: all bring you sour gummy worms. Yeah, it's it so makes cute.
0: all the difference in the world whenever... Like, um I remember whenever my grandma died, and I went home early from work because I got the call when I was at work and I went home early and I was just crying. It was, I was living alone at the time. And Mm -hmm. so I was just like crying alone in my apartment and got a knock on my door and they, my girlfriends from work had bought me flowers and sent them to me. And it meant so much to me that they like thought to do that. Like sending me a bouquet, like a bouquet of flowers, you know, it was just so sweet. So like having... Those friendships or having those girlfriends in your life that love and support you and are there for you whenever you're at your lowest yeah. is the best.
1: And just like understand, even if they're not like super close friends, because I've totally had that. Where like someone that I don't even know that well will kind of like show me that small act of kindness when it's I need might, it. And might it's be the just best. what you needed right it's at that perfect. time. Yeah. yeah. So I really love these stories, you guys. Um, please keep sending them in. I love it so much. Just hearing from you guys means the world to mm-hmm. us. And we're also gonna encourage you to
0: please message us your motherhood stories. Yeah, you got a couple more days to send us your motherhood stories, so please send those in to us. Please, because the next episode we record
1: is going to be our motherhood episode, and if you are a mother, have a mother, want to be a mother, know a mother, really anything. So, any of you. Any of you. None of you have an excuse. No. What are you doing? There's no excuses (laughs) whatsoever,
0: so get... On your phone or yeah. on your computer and, and I, send
1: us a message, please. I want to
0: stress that negative or positive... Because I feel like when we say that, people, like, obviously, it would be lovely to have, like, some heartwarming mother-like stories of what it's like. But But also that's not realistic. Also, yeah, being a mom can be scary. And, like, you should send us those, too, because, like, that's real life. Like, if if you had fears when you found out you were pregnant, if things are maybe not picture-perfect all the time, because I know that that's how it is whenever you're a mom. Or if
1: you have a horrible relationship with your mom and you don't celebrate Mother's Day. Like, that, I completely... completely relate to in another way and I think that if you want to share a story like that as well we are here we want to know all of them this isn't about just wonderful mother stories squeaky clean Yeah. yeah that's not what we're about that's not what this podcast is about and we want to be able to show all the different sides of motherhood
0: yeah agreed Agreed. So, thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope we didn't fuck up the news too badly. I did my best, okay? So, feel free to write Kate, and, and tell I'm me always all the ways in which I'm wrong. I'm always super
1: impressed with you, <laughs> <again>. <laughs> Thank you. And with that, we encourage you to, to rage, rage on. on. Bye. I totally burped when I said that. <laughs> <laughs>